Welcome to day three of our look through Mark chapter 11 and daily drive time devotions. We're going to look at verses 12 to 19 today. This is Monday in the last week of Jesus's earthly life. Yesterday we looked at Sunday. We looked at him riding into Jerusalem as the king on a colt of a donkey. Now we're going to look at Jesus as the priest. But before that, some verses that'll get us ready for what's going to happen tomorrow. Verses 12 to 14. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found it had nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. Now, just hold on to the thoughts in those verses because we're going to come back to it tomorrow. And now let's look at Jesus as priest. What he did on this Monday of this final week of his earthly life, verses 15 to 19. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him, because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, they went out of the city. This was Monday, and this is Jesus the priest. Jesus the priest teaching the true nature of the temple. At the end of those verses I just read, he talked about what it means to have a temple, a place of worship for God. And he says three things. He says the temple is a house of God, it's a house of prayer, it's the house of all. It's a house of God. These people were acting like they were the owners of the temple. They were just invited guests. It's God's house. They'd forgotten who lived there. It's a house of prayer. They'd made making money rather than offering prayers the purpose of this temple. They'd forgotten why they'd come there. And the temple's also a house of all. They had made the temple into a place of separation. Uh, Who could afford this? Who could not afford that? There were even different courts for different people in this temple that recognized different levels of being able to access God. They'd forgotten who invited them there. But to us, the teaching of Jesus in these verses isn't the most telling thing, isn't the most memorable thing. The actions of Jesus are what we remember. We remember Jesus Christ walking into the temple on that day and turning over tables, chasing out the money changers and saying, you have made my father's house into a den of robbers. We remember Jesus Christ, the priest, casting out the unclean from God's temple on this day. Now, what does that mean? How does that impact my life? Well, in two very powerful ways. Jesus, the priest casting out, number one, this attitude of using God for my profit. And Jesus as the priest casting out, number two, an attitude of indifference towards God. First, he casts out an attitude of trying to use God for my profit. In the temple in that day, buyers and sellers had had set up some tables to sell the people who were making a pilgrimage to Israel, the, the birds or the anything else that they might need for the offerings. Now, in one sense, it was a good service to people because some had traveled a long way and they wouldn't have had an animal with which to make an offering at the temple. But they'd taken what might have been a good idea, a service to others at the beginning, and all of a sudden they'd made it into a service for themselves. That can easily happen in ministry. That can easily happen in ministry. And so what was happening is they had a markup of maybe 400%. 
over what the value of something was. In the temple in that day, you had to have the correct change in order to be able to buy the right things. But you had to change that money with the money changers. And the money changers made sure they made a hefty profit. In the temple in that day, the doves that were sacrificed had to be a perfect dove. The sheep that was sacrificed had to be a perfect sheep. But guess what? If you brought a dove from your house, even the most perfect dove in all of Israel, it would be stamped imperfect and you'd have to buy one of their doves at about a 400% markup. Jesus sees what's happening. Everybody saw what was happening. And he angrily cast these people out. And you can see why. They were using religion for their own profit. They were using God for their own profit. And the question I have to ask myself is, do I ever use God? Do you ever use God? Is, is the only time you pray when you're in a tight spot, God, get me out of this, I need you right now? Or do you, do you pray prayers of praise to God, thankfulness for the things that he has done? Do you use the Bible as a crowbar to get people to do what you want them to do? Or do you trust God to speak into your life and other people's lives? Do you use God? Do you use God in that the kind of prayers that you pray, the kind of attitudes that you have towards God is, God, I'm going to be faithful to you as long as you make my life good. I'm going to be faithful to you as long as I have enough money and a good job and all my kids are safe and no problems in my household. I'm going to be faithful to you as long as you make life work like I want it to work. Well, life doesn't always work like we want it to work in this world. That's pretty obvious. Do you have an I'm going to be faithful to you, God, no matter what attitude? Or do you use God to try to get what you want? Jesus comes into the temple that day to cast out this attitude of using God for my profit. He also comes in to cast out an attitude of indifference. In, in that day, the people had begun using the temple as sort of a thoroughfare. It had become a shortcut from one place to the other and a place where all of this business was going on. For some, it was just a quicker way to get where they were going. It's easy to begin to see faith as, as a shortcut. It's just a way for me to get where I'm going. It's, it's a way for me to get what I want. Now, in sense of the eternity of our lives, some people see their faith as a shortcut to heaven. It doesn't really matter what I do in this life. I'll say a few words about Jesus and I'll, I'm going to make it to heaven. Rather than a committed life, they're leading a shortcut life. Other people in daily life see their faith as a shortcut to get what they want. Has, has your life, your Christian life, lost its meaning, lost its excitement? It's almost always because we've tried to make God into a shortcut in our lives. Now, there is an answer for the shortcut syndrome. You quit walking through temples as if they were highways. You quit going past the things of God, the holiness of God, in a quick way to get to where you want what you have to get done. When your Christian life becomes just a series of to-do lists, and you want to get them done as quickly as possible. Even if you're saying that's to please God, and you never have time to stop and appreciate the holiness of God, the power of God, be humbled by the greatness of God. If you've never got that moment in your life, then you're living a shortcut life. And of course, you're feeling empty inside. Of course, you're feeling rushed inside. Of course, you're feeling this attitude of indifference towards God inside. You ask yourself, am I treating the holy things of God as if they were everyday affairs with an attitude of indifference? The only way to stop doing that is to stop. Just to stop long enough to think about who God really is, how thankful you really are, the greatness of what he's really done. Are you whizzing by on some Christian highway 
all the things that God has done, wants to do in your life, you're not seeing the mighty hand of God at work, stop for just a moment today. Five minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour, an hour, and notice what he's about. In these verses, Jesus comes and he cleanses the temple. I want you to remember something. The Holy Spirit has now made you and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, the temple of God. The presence of God does not live in a temple in Israel somewhere any longer. That ended when Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected. Now the temple of God is human beings, those who've accepted Jesus Christ into their lives. So these verses aren't about going into some church building somewhere and cleansing it out. That's not a bad idea, but that's not what this is about. These verses are not about going into some temple in Jerusalem and cleansing it out. These verses are about the temple of God, and that's you and that's me. These verses are about cleansing the attitudes of selfishness and indifference that make their way so easily into my heart, saying, Jesus Christ, I need you to cleanse me. I need you to come into my life. I trust you to cleanse me. And if there are places in my life where I've made my heart a den of robbers rather than a place of worship, there are places in my heart where indifference and selfishness has crept in to the extent that I'm not recognizing the greatness of what you're doing, cleanse it, Jesus Christ, because I want to focus on you. Now, for just a moment together right now, I want to turn to him and make this a holy place and say, Jesus Christ, cleanse my heart right now. Cleanse my heart. I I know that it might be painful, because I'll have to let go of some things that I don't want to let go of. But I know that it won't be nearly as painful as holding on to things in my life that are keeping me from you. And I know that in the end, the pain will be only for a moment and the joy will last forever. Cleanse my heart. Cleanse my heart of those attitudes of selfishness and indifference and put in their place an attitude of humility, an attitude of service, an attitude of praise. Bring that into my life. Refresh this temple, Jesus Christ, the temple of my heart, the temple of my life, by your strength, by your power. I ask this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Be sure to join us tomorrow. We're going to come back to that fig tree and find out what Jesus was teaching us there. 